You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest What the Dev podcast. I'm here with uh, Ravi Lachman. He's the lead evangelist at Harness.io. Thanks for being with us, Ravi. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Good. Well, thanks for Thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. Uh, so uh, our August issue of SD Times is just chock full of continuous delivery goodness, and uh, we wanted to get you on to uh, talk about it from your perspective uh, at Harness, which we know is one of the leading tools for CICD. Uh, one of the things that we noted in the uh, package that we wrote for the magazine was that the um, Continuous Delivery Foundation did a study and showed that uh, adoption seems to be lower than they think it would be at this point. And I'm curious if you're seeing the same thing, and if so, what you think might be the reason for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one, I'm a huge fan of the Continuous Delivery Foundation, you know, active participation participation also harness for a member member firm of it. Mm-hmm. But I totally agree with them, right? Like it's, it's I'll start with a two-part thing. Uh, when you're working in a foundation, you know, everybody is purpose-built to focus on the problem. So it's like, oh, if we're all talking about it, you know, it must be a solved problem, right? But but it's not. It, what, good thing that we're taking a step back, looking at the data and the surveys saying, okay, since we're all the specialists here. And clearly, you know, we have a big mission uh, in front of us. And it's similar to what, what I see in the field. So in my role, I'm very fortunate. I get to talk to a lot of customers, a lot of prospects, and it's, it's generally challenging, right? So this goal of continuous delivery, uh, reading a textbook definition of it is getting to production safely kind of on demand or when you want to, um, it, it is a challenge, right? Software, no two, it's like softwares are like snowflakes in my example, no two pieces of software are exactly the same and kind of unpacking that, well, there's actual reasons for that. Now, there's lots of design patterns. Uh, there's lots of like, common uh, building blocks you can use. But uh, an example being, I must have been on a dozen development teams uh, in my career. I know this is a long-winded answer here. But uh, you know, I, my background's in Java. I could take design patterns team to team. I can't take how I deploy team to team because it's bespoke. It is a combination of decisions before my time, during my time, and absolutely after my time. You know, has to live on. And so this is why there's such a challenge uh, with adoption. Interesting. Uh, so one of the other things that, that I was talking about with them and, and with you now, of course, is this notion of kind of decoupling CI and CD where, you know, CI is, you know, very easy to understand and do. It's basically developers doing development and as code changes, they make the changes and they bring it in and they test and and all that. But it's, it's purely a developer function where deployment involves so many more, sides of the of the organization you need business people looking in on it you know is this the right thing that we're delivering security people is it going to be secure you know testers so it's a, it seems like there's a lot more rigor uh involved on the delivery side than there is on the code building side um so that should lead me to a question <laughs> uh more of an observation i guess but uh, so so what are some of the challenges of of doing continuous delivery and and what people are seeing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's always like where you draw the line and understand. I think you're, you're painting a fairly accurate picture of like a decoupling of CI, which in my in my definition is build automation, um, you know, right. pr- producing an artifact. Uh, so actually getting it to the hands of the public, it's a long journey. So it, I'll start with both, like challenges in both, right? So as a software engineer, it was even challenging for me to build the software because I didn't really think about files. I, I think of very abstract terms. It's like, oh, like 
you know, like I need to be able to get it off my machine <laughs> at some point. Uh, and so this is where CI, now CI, uh, it's not a sexy problem to solve. Like it's, it's kind of like, it's actually very convention based, like how you build software per the language has lots of convention, the packaging has convention. Uh, what CI, what ended up happening is it actually became a DevOps bottleneck because of containerization. Uh, there's this notion that every time you commit something, you need to build it. And, and that's occurred, right? But th those are like technology solvable problems. Like we can make more firepower to handle more concurrent builds. Uh, to, the, to the completely right side now, we go to continuous delivery. Um, it's not just a technology problem. It's in, in the DevOps trifecta, people, process, and technology, all three of them come together in continuous delivery. So right. uh, computers are easy, people are hard, right? So uh, there's a lot of decisions to unpack. Some of them might be automated decisions. We're getting better automated tests. We're getting better at understanding what is normal, like the SOAP test and whatnot. Uh, but still, we have to go through confidence. And you know, depending on how, I'll, I'll pretend that, you know what, let's say you and I work for an investment bank and you're my you know, SVP. You have all the domain knowledge. Like, How do you unpack that domain knowledge and disseminate it throughout the SDLC? And so there's a lot of stuff going on in that continuous delivery pipeline yeah. that it, it probably is not a technology problem. You know, it's like it's a dissemination of information uh, kind of problem. And that is getting, you know, when you start dealing with that, there's no timeline to how, to how to get that out there. Right. That's interesting. Now, I know that a lot of organizations are uh, releasing software. Uh, I, I don't want to say untested, but they count so much on the feedback of the people who are using it to then either fix bugs or add features or what have you. But in the wake of everything that we're seeing happening in the world these days, uh, you know, where should security happen in this? Uh, I know everybody says shift left and security throughout, but apparently that's not getting it done. So what what really should organizations be focusing on when they're trying to secure a the pipeline and b the product that's coming out of the pipeline? Yeah, yeah, kind of taking taking those two two separate things. So like. The, the pipeline, like the actual pipeline itself, like there are actually several attacks and focus on the pipeline. So the pipeline, but in nature by itself, is has elevated privileges. It's it's actually doing your deployment. So in essence, it has production access, right? Or system, systemic production access. And so there's been there's factors around that. It's like any other piece of software you have that touches production. You know, it should have role-based access, it should have you know zero trust, it should have, you know, need to know basis type of things, right? And and also be able to like have read-only access for people who need it. Also having proper enterprise security for things that it touches. Now, kind of getting into the, the, the broader part of the question, like what is the output, right? Like, hey, is the output, the application, the feature secure? Well, in my in my definition, security is everybody's responsibility, right? But kind of it goes back to that that expertise sharing. Right? As a software developer, you know, I work in two or three week sprints, and sometimes, you know. The, the, the non-functional requirements like security, they can fall by the wayside. And so it, it, there's a couple ways, like you mentioned, shifting left. Um, for example, this DevSecOps movement. It's, again, it's about sharing information and making sure that uh, the engineers have very sufficient guardrails. So if they bump against something, they actually know what, you know, they're not doing anything nefarious. It's just they're given information at appropriate times to make better decisions. Um, so that's how you make, uh, how would say making making the end product better. Um, certainly uh, where those two come together is in a DevSecOps-esque pipeline, right? There's a lot of new testing methodologies out there from um, let's say container scanning technology or vulnerability scanning, or even uh, there's there's DAST tools that go and like try to run attacks against, you know, your software, find holes in it. Like mm -hmm. all those are important. 
And the great thing about a continuous delivery pipeline is that as new, I call those confidence building steps, um, as new confidence building steps come up, it is a natural place to orchestrate them in your CI CD pipeline or more specifically your CD pipeline. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So if, uh, you know, my company has been under a rock for the last 10 years and we wanted to get started doing CI and CD, is it about just, well, let's get a tool and now we can do it? Or what actually is involved in organizations getting started? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's that people process technology thing again. It, it, it takes an investment from all three. Uh, you know, let's say you're just this, this rock has been pretty you know, heavy, <laughs> finally emerging, <laughs> emerging from it. it it's it, it's allowing it, it, the, the people portion of it. It's allowing people to move at the speed that they're, they want to move, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I admit, I used, when I first came out of university, I was on a few waterfall-based projects. I was able to take weeks off between, you know, when we're handing off stuff to QA. It was my solitude of vacation, and now I'm right. robbed of that. Right. <laughs> because they're agile, you know, moving so fast right. all the time. Uh, but it's just getting, getting around that, saying, hey, we're going to go incrementally, right? Like, and, and this is where, yeah, and there's a lot of benefits of incremental. Like, incremental wins build confidence. It's my favorite word, confidence. You do little small changes all the time, you're able, you know, instead of one big whiz-band change, it's it's a difference of it's the difference between a project and a product. It's as as cliche as that sounds. Mm. It's, it's switching in from sounds a, like a book I read once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely you know it's it's shifting. It does cliche as it sounds. You're shifting towards value, right? So you're shifting right. towards a product mindset, and that's the biggest thing. If you understand that, incremental value will come, and you know you. I think the CI/CD adoption will be easier. You know, there's plenty of tooling around that. Um, there's plenty of I would say thought around that now, you know, it's not a new, novel idea. Um, right. You know, the book continuous delivery is over 12 years old now, I think, or 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, um, and playing homage to the continuous delivery foundation, um, there's great resources for you to take a look at that are neutral and people are just there to help solve a problem mm-hmm. and carry the, the, carry the mission forward. Um, yeah. Right. It's never too late to start. Right. Now, you know, here's the thing too, getting back a little bit to the adoption point, a lot of people say, yeah, our processes are good enough. We do a little bit of this. We do a little bit of that. None of these things are really, uh, you know, mandating. If you're not doing this, 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 you're not doing continuous integration. Or if you're not doing X, Y, Z, you're not doing continuous. But a lot of people have their own processes. They kind of make it up as they go along. And a lot of them, well, that, that's good enough for me. Is that good enough? I guess it is for the organization. They're the ones who ultimately would decide, right? So I guess you have... Like people who say we're agile, but they're only doing one or two things towards being agile. If there was like a maturity model, they're maybe at level two, but they're fine with that. Uh, So uh, I guess that would be a message uh, as well for listeners that, you know, if your process works for you, you know, you don't have to buy into the hype, I guess, and, and keep doing what works for you. Right. I guess. Would that make sense? I, I think a beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, I, I agree with uh, with uh, this, this point that semantics are semantics. I hate semantics, right? Like, I, for example, if you take a look at like the true definition of microservices, it's actually very, very strict. Like, you must be using messaging uh, in a in a synchronous fashion. You know, you have to have multiple copies of the data. You know, you have to have a two phase commit. Like, there's like like very, very stringent definitions, but. Microservices is a movement. I, I view CI/CD or continuous delivery as a movement, mm-hmm. right? Like just being more efficient. Uh, every organization, that's true. You're different, right? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, Mr. and Mrs. Organization, you know the appetite for risk. 
you know, the appetite for automation, if you can make incremental change. You know, when I go and get workshops uh, around this topic, kind of like organizational change type of workshops, it's if you were deploying every six months and now you can deploy every three months, you made it 100% gain. Right. <laughs> That's a huge gain. And, you know, you cut it in half, right? Like, what, what, what can you do with that? Right. You know, and like, if you should start there, uh, engineers, we're, we're natural optimizers, right? Like, we want to sure. optimize, you know, as much as we can. And again, like, hey, we're, we don't work somewhere forever. You know, you actually might be in a project, mm-hmm. you know, but if you, if you can make your mark, make your dent, I think that's better in the craft. And so mm-hmm. call it, you know, you have to call it tomato, a tomato, right. but <laughs> better the craft. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So, so let me just uh, talk uh, briefly now about uh, Harness, a uh, very well known tool. So uh, I know you offer it up as a service. Uh, so maybe you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how Harness started, how it came to be, what it is now, and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll give you the two-minute Harness story. Uh, and so our, our founder, uh, Jyoti Vassal, um, and our co-founder, Rishi Singh, uh, Jyoti used to be the CEO of a company I used to work at. I used to work at Appinemics uh, before I came here. And so... Um, it, what Jyoti noticed was that, you know, he, he had to hire one or two DevOps engineers per scrum team or per, you know, per feature team. And mm-hmm. that doesn't scale, right? Just getting, you know, all the hard work that people have done after the build into production took one or two engineers per team. And that was like costing, you know, there's like 60 or 70 engineers costing 40 or $50 million a year of not adding no, not adding no value, but not adding features, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your customer doesn't care how you went to production. They don't. They don't care. They care that the feature's there, right? right? But you know the external customers care. And so JOT, you know, talking to a couple of peers, uh, was like, "Yeah, this is like we all have like this problem. A, we can't find enough DevOps engineers, and B, they're super expensive, and C, they're not scaling because they're firefighting, you know, deploying all the time." Right. And so JOT had this idea that, oh, you know what? I, there are common patterns with how people actually do deploy. What if we could offer that up as a service? Uh, and so th- th- that was the inception. His buddy Rishi, who actually built the engineering efficiency platform at Apple, so he was like you know, the chief platform engineer at Apple at the time, saying, "Oh yeah, we can make it Apple-esque, easy, and try to help uh, help uh, you know help help the world." And that's where where we started, right? So we actually focused on a lot of the the, the folks in the space started with CI. We actually did the opposite. We we focused on CD first, and so then we backed into CI after that. And then here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful, perfect. That's great. All right. Well, that's uh, about all the time that we have. Ravi, thanks so much for being with us today. Appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, that was great. And I'd like to thank our listeners, of course, for uh, tuning in as always. Uh, This is Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times, saying so long for now. 